You are listening to the Mom Halo Podcast. This sweet ear candy will serve up laughs and aha moments as we talk to best-in-class thought leaders. These folks are dropping gems of genius. I'm Melana Kapitz, CEO and founder of the Mom Halo community. I'm a fun, fearless, freckled mom with three wild kiddos. I love to introduce you to ideas and people that will rock your world all while laughing out loud because that is the only way to get through the daily grind of parenthood. Plug in your earphones and let's get to them. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Mom Halo podcast. I'm so excited. Excuse my terrible voice today, but we are walking amongst a giant today. We have Sasha Welsh from uh, Welsh Wellness and she's in the house. So welcome, Sasha. Hey, guys. Hey. (laughs) Um, I'm a longtime fan and follower of Sasha. I think she's one of the best OGs in the business, but Mm. we're going to learn more about your business, Sasha. So why don't you walk us through who you are, where you're from and what you do. Kick us off. Okay. You know what? Let's go ahead and start from the very beginning. Are you okay with that? (laughs) Okay. So my name is Sasha Welsh. I'm the founder of Welsh Wellness and I started my practice, uh, what are we in 2022 now? So about um, three to four years ago. And originally, so my whole background, I came from a corporate background in marketing. I was in marketing for eight plus years and didn't feel any fulfillment anymore and decided to just completely, after I had my second, who was born in 2018, decided to completely pick up my practice full time. I got my certifications way back in 2015 for um, nutrition and just kind of let it lingered on the side because I unexpectedly became a mother in 2015 as well. And I was like, I got to focus on momhood. And then I decided to um, pick up my practice after my second was born because um, that was just sort of what was calling me at that time. And so originally with my practice, I started off as a pregnancy nutritionist, like just only pregnancy. And that was it. And um, I loved it. It was just like at a time in my life where I was having babies. Everyone around me was getting babies. And it was just a niche that I was really, really interested in and had a huge passion about. And then my business just sort of organically pivoted into fertility nutrition. And it was completely organic. I just started to have followers ask me to help them with their preconception rather than pregnancies. And, um, you know, I was, I had education about it, but, and I had interest in it, but I never, um, thought about adding it to my practice. And I said, you know what, why not? And so I went back into school and furthered my education and got certifications in fertility, um, health as well, and have been focusing mainly on that part of my practice for the past, uh, a year or so I would say, and it's been thriving and it has brought me even more joy than I ever could have dreamed of. So that's basically how Welsh wellness began and where it is now. Amazing. I love it so much. And tell us a little bit about your home life. You're a mama. You have how many kiddos? Yeah. So I am a mom of three, three wonderful girls. And, uh, you know, that's a journey in of itself, you know, it has its highs and lows, but it's very, very busy over here. And being a working mom from home during the pandemic, especially was difficult with everything being online and being a virtual working mother. Um, you know, it, came with a lot of highs and lows when it came to my business and when it came to just being a mother of my children. So we navigated through that and we, you know, we're starting to feel a bit more normalcy now that kids are all gone and off to daycare and school full time. And 
summer camps coming up because we're recording this at the um, end of the summer. So beginning of summer rather. So um, anyways, that's my life at home. <laughs> so talk us through when somebody's calling you right now, Sasha, what's the biggest question they're asking you? Well, you know, I get um, clients from all walks of uh, their journey, you know, um, the biggest qu- um, question honestly is like, what's keeping me from getting pregnant? And I never have that answer ever. No one will ever have that answer. Right. So they're always like, I'm just trying to nail what's um, causing these delays, especially if they've been diagnosed with the unexplained infertility, you know, like that very um, dreadful diagnosis that you get from the fertility doctors. So um, they're always looking for that answer and I can never give it to them. And I'm always sad that I can't give it to them, but I get different walks of life uh, coming to me for help, whether it's unexplained infertility or um, they want more assistance during their medical treatments, IVF or IUI, or they're not even starting their journey yet. And they just want to get ahead of the game and take care of their preconception uh, care, or, you know, they want to just change their diet or they just want to sleep better or whatever it may be. So I definitely don't have the same person that I work with, but it's always like, what is, why aren't I getting pregnant? And I, I can never answer that with like a one straight answer. (laughs) Of course not. I mean, that's, that's, Mm -hmm. it's so topical right now. And as you even say it, it brings so much up for me. Yeah. Uh, Just because uh, it is June, 2022. And we just learned that our friends in the States um, Mm -hmm. had a constitutional right overturned, which is Roe versus Wade, which is the Mm -hmm. abortion right. So, you know, it's funny, like there's, and, you know, I don't mean to make light of the situation, but we, you know, sort of people used to joke all the time and sometimes you still do that you spend your twenties trying not to get pregnant and then spend your thirties. Yes. Right. Yes. So, you know, um, when you, when you think about this conversation that's happening right in the U S Sasha, but what does that look like to you? What does it mean for you? It's, it's, it's extremely heartbreaking, it, incredibly heartbreaking. I think I really do think pregnancy, pregnancy should be by choice you know, um, whether you are trying to get pregnant or not. Um, it breaks my heart. If we get too deep into it, I can really like honestly start to cry about it, but it's just really a sad, dark time for women's rights right now. It's a very dark time. And it's, um, I can't believe we're in 2022, even having this discussion. Um, you know, like I came into this industry, uh, because there is a huge gap in the system. And I really feel like the gap is just getting wider. It's not closing, but my movement was to close that gap. And I almost feel like we're going the opposite way. Yeah. It's, it's super upsetting. I think for um, women all over the world, so you see what's happening, what's supposed mm-hmm. to be a world nation uh, leader in, you know, in, 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 in freedom. Right. So um mm-hmm it's a really hard one, I think for, for a lot of people to swallow. And this is on the heels of what's going to happen under gun control. So it's a, it's a really like scary time. I actually did a podcast recording with somebody I know from the States who actually is a gun control expert. Um, yeah. And it was a big, the biggest aha moment for me in that podcast recording is like mm-hmm. Canadians need to understand that the United States of America is a completely different nation. Yes. Like, not the same. Like, yes constitutionally the grounds in which like the forefathers of the foundation oh, we are just not the same so um yeah. you know so so to me that's interesting um when it comes to guns and when it comes to obviously um um rights over women's bodies and 
and who makes mm-hmm. So fertility to me is always an interesting conversation. So yeah, some practical stuff here. When somebody wants to think about a fertility journey or they themselves has had that conversation where they went to doctor and the doctor was like, you know, we we don't know why, but you're just not somebody who can easily conceive. Mm -hmm. What's Mm -hmm. first, like, I don't know, if you want to give us like the top one, 1% of the answer. What what's the first thing you sort of coach somebody on? Is it nutrition? Is it lifestyle? And what are those pieces? If you don't mind, Sasha, giving us a little bit. Um, I will what do you share. Yeah, and I'm just going to back up a little bit because I think the whole timeline of like try for 12 months and then go see a fertility clinic is also just um, you know pulled out of thin air because 12 times to try without being properly um, guided to timing your ovulation, um, making sure that your body is ready for pregnancy or getting ahead of some analysis by getting some assessments done. It's just, you know, I don't want people to think I've been trying for 12 months. I, I can't get pregnant. 12 months. Isn't like the easy way to get pregnant. Like you can be perfectly capable of getting pregnant and it takes you 20 times. You know what I mean? But you're perfectly capable of getting pregnant. There's just some small barriers that may need to be addressed. So to answer your question, what I do when people reach out to me to work with them is I initially do a full assessment as much as I humanly can by asking them to fill out as many questions under the sun about their lifestyle, about um, the way they are living their life when it comes to nutrition, when it comes to sleep, when it comes to stress management, when it comes to energy, when it comes to um, water intake, when it comes to uh, you know, uh, like what foods you gravitate towards, what you stay away from. There's just so many things that I need to understand about you and your life before I can look at it in a functional perspective, you know, cause the conventional perspective is try for 12 months, um, then go see a fertility doctor, get like some of those testing done and see if there's any red flags or medical diagnoses that is assisting in your delay to conception. And some of those are very valid. Like there are some actual diagnoses that persist that pertain to the delay in conception. But you know, most of the time people aren't getting their answers. Even if they do have a diagnosis, they're not getting their answer. Like let's say you were diagnosed with endometriosis and you're still not getting your answer to why um you know this is um such a delayed journey for you. So basically that's how I approach it is I kind of look at a wide lens. You know what I mean? I don't just look at it like, um, here's your test result. Um, let's just get the, um, protocol in. Like it's, you got to look at the whole picture because you never know what could be. And like I said, in the beginning of our conversation, I can never give the answer to why you're not getting pregnant, but because you never know what's causing the delay or serving as a barrier to your journey, but you still have to look at the whole picture because you may be able to spot some red flags that you can put a functional lens on and then target ways of nourishing, you know, that aspect of your journey. But honestly, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's can be quite a lengthy process, but the whole picture needs to be looked at. And this is the gap that's needs to be filled because we're not taught about any of this in school. Like sex ed is just like, here's how you put a condom on a banana, take care, don't get pregnant. But, um, if you really understood your body or at least understood what, um, what your body requires to prioritize reproduction, because 
if your body's not prioritizing reproduction, it's going to have a very hard time reproducing. So what does your body require to prioritize it? And then you can either use that as birth control or use that as getting pregnant, you know? So it's just like, it's a very interesting gap. It is an interesting gap. And I think for given who our demographic is, young women, millennial moms, mm-hmm. uh, birthing folk of any nature, mm-hmm. I, I have myself have never had necessarily quote unquote a fertility issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing that I have a hard time understanding as somebody who watches these stories from afar and witnesses stuff that you do and other people I know in the community who are hugely involved in fertility is like, I, for me, my heart breaks for women who really want to have a baby and can't. Yes. So to me, like, you know, why me? Why now? Mm -hmm. You know, why us? And then sort of Mm -hmm. the huge lengths people go to Mm -hmm. distance to have kids. And I sometimes see women enter motherhood based Mm -hmm. on that journey, right? So like I see Mm -hmm. on the other side when someone's had their first or second kiddo, the way that that kid came into the fruition from conception to, to birth. If somebody had to go through five rounds of IVF and mortgage their house or have someone like you in their corner for many, many months or many, many years, or, you know, had other roads to parenthood. um, I think their relationship to their parenthood journey is so different from the onset and how they see parenthood and how they approach parenting. So what's your take on that, Sasha? And now, a word from our Mom Halo podcast sponsor. Who needs superheroes when we have moms? Kids and Company is Canada's leading provider of childcare with over 100 locations across the country and in the United States. They're celebrating their 20th anniversary this year. And with 20 years of experience in the childcare space comes a ton of innovation in how they cater to their families. They have in-classroom webcams, an app that provides daily updates for parents, a from-scratch menu, and wonderful high-quality educators. These are just a few of the amazing things about Kids and Company. My daughter attends one of their centers and I can vouch for how incredible they are, far beyond others we've attended. They're offering families who register and start care by July 31st, 2022, a waived registration fee that applies to new registrations only. Call their team at one eight six six my kidco to register for this offer. You won't regret it. Still dealing with leaky diapers? It's time to try Rascal and Friends. Designed with you and your little one in mind, Rascal and Friends Premium Diapers ticks all the boxes. Affordable, safe on sensitive skin, deliciously soft and super absorbent. Plus, their unique design provides up to 12 hours of leak production to keep your baby comfy and dry day and night. Join the thousands of parents making the switch and say goodbye to leaks. Shop Rascal and Friends premium diapers, training pants, and sensitive wipes at Walmart today. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. (laughs) That's like a pretty, um, I guess, complex uh, way to answer that. Um, You know, everyone has their own wish for their family, I guess is the best way to put that. And what I really don't want we as women to do, because we already have some sort of underlying um, competition with each other. I really don't want um, one couple to look at another couple 
and be like, um, I wish my journey was that easy or why isn't my journey that easy? Or I wish I had that, my family looked like that or, you know, whatever it may be, because fertility, just like postpartum or any phase of life really is extremely individualistic, extremely individualistic. Like, you know, Sally's journey is completely different from Susan's, you know, and I don't even care if both Sally and Susan went to the same gym, ate the same foods every day. (laughs) Um, It's still a completely different journey. And it's because there's a whole picture involved. Like I said, you got to look at the whole lens when it comes to conceiving, because um, it's not going to be the same answer for everybody. And that's how I approach all of my clients, you know, like in the fertility clinic world and God bless them because they help many couples conceive, but in their world, they, um, you know, they kind of just take it as, okay, we're going to run some tests. And based on those results, we're going to do this. Um, whether it's, um, IVF assistance or IUI assistance or cycle monitoring assistance or whatever it may be. And like, like I said, God bless them because they really do help many couples. But, um, what I do is I kind of fill in that extra gap than what is on the medical lens, you know, because they're there has to be that extra lens. Like the really, I wish there was more, um, and there are a lot out there, but I wish it was mandatory for anyone. Like if you went to your doctor and said, me and my husband or me and my spouse are ready to um, conceive a baby. I wish the doctor said, here is a fertility coach to guide you on your journey, you know, and you can use that as a one hour time or use them for a couple months or a couple years or whatever it may be. But I wish it was mandated because um, I think it would take so much load off um, anyone's journey to conceive, uh, whether it is easy or more complex, but the gap needs to be filled and um, there needs to be education involved and just educational, you know, like here's how to get your body ready for conceiving. If you're trying to conceive, here's what you got to do, you know? Um, Google's great, but it's not the individualistic approach. I, I find it fascinating. I think, you know, in a healthcare system that puts women at center, this would obviously mm-hmm. be a massive, I feel like re- it's really a feminist issue as far as I'm concerned, because mm-hmm. there was some sort of way, just the way that midwives had to advocate for, yeah. you know, increased salaries. Mm-hmm. They are really the experts at delivering babies in my own experience. Um, yeah. It just that to me, it just boils down to that. This is just a, a feminist sexist issue. You know what I mean? I yeah. think if, if people in charge were um, more in tune with this reality or they themselves had had fertility struggles at all, this could mm-hmm. be on stage. So if you were to think about policy. Yeah. Or, anything that you could do that you would love to see some sort of reform in the Canadian way we approach this, what would be your first thing you would see or want? Oh my gosh. I, I think it kind of goes back to what I just said. Now I really wish it was um, mandated for any couple that is first of all, like letting their doctor or letting anyone know publicly that they are ready to start conceiving. I wish there was a policy for like at least just give contact information to someone who can guide you through that process. Um, and I don't want it to seem like, Oh, I don't need a fertility coach because I'm not struggling. I think everyone should 
consider it because the education involved in getting our bodies ready, both male and female, getting both male and female bodies ready to conceive is, um, is, is missing, you know, like, you know, if you were trying to run a marathon, would you just run it or would you train for it? You know, like if you're trying to conceive a baby, you can just go for it or you can get your body ready to conceive a baby. So, um, I, that would be my first policy because I think that would take a huge headache off so many people's journeys, whether it's delayed or not. I think that would be, that's a big gap we're missing. Sasha, and that same question, sort of similarly, I, I agree with you entirely. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I wish that when you went to your family physician, there was a pamphlet there, just like midwifery that says like, how mm-hmm. you this, right? Um, and, you know, yes. family, family planning in itself is a difficult conversation. So when it comes to family planning, would you say the different experiences, and you can speak to this any way you wish, but those who are perhaps first time parents or are new to parenthood and have never conceived before are um, a different struggle or a different conversation than people who perhaps have had one or two kids and they're trying, or one child and trying for a second child and finds the the conversation changes. I'm saying that because I feel like people assume because they've had one kid and it sort of was an oops baby or whatever, they didn't really try at all and, or right. they just didn't pull out that day or whatever their story is, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Whatever, and the next day they had a baby, and they conceived, um, which is obviously not really always the case. Um, mm-hmm. or frankly, is often not the case. But wh- what is the different journey? I guess I'm trying to sort of articulate sort of the different conversations or different strategies you would have, or that women are facing when like they're a first time parent on that journey versus like you know oh well, I got so pre- I got easily pregnant the first time and then the second time. Mm-hmm. A third time it wasn't the case. So that that's, you know, m- much of our audience, I think maybe falls into the latter category. So that's why I'm asking. Yeah. And it, I don't see a difference because, um, again, um, whether you're trying to conceive your first baby or trying to conceive your second, third, fourth, or fifth, and you're having struggles in either of those uh, parts of your life, it's, it is very similar to, um, what my client knows about what it takes to conceive a baby because you're right. Like sometimes the first one was complete surprise and um, you, you know, you were just very blessed with a wonderful surprise of life and you didn't know what it took to get pregnant or you did everything it took to get pregnant and you had success and you're not seeing the same results for the second or third time, which I have also seen, but you know, you still don't get the, it's basically it's the same type of person where they're just, they really um, are lacking uh, the information that it does take to require to get a baby because things change after you have your first baby, your hormones still shift and your body still changes. You still age. Like we're always changing as we get older. And, um, therefore it's not always going to be the exact same journey if you're going to continue to try and get pregnant as you get older. So I'm definitely seeing the same type of person, whether it's their first time trying to conceive or their fourth time trying to conceive. And is how much does age play a factor in our conception journey? Yeah, it definitely plays a factor. I mean, there's no denying that. Like, um, you know, we're born with our our egg reserve and then we lose quite a lot of it when we hit a certain age, right? So if you're trying to conceive and you don't feel like your family's complete, you know, you're still wanting a baby after the ideal age, um, you know, they say 35 plus 
it's a more difficult time to conceive a baby. And there is truth to that because, you know, our bodies are is slowly deprioritizing reproduction. Once we hit that age, it's slowly getting ready for menopause. Like obviously we're several years away from menopause, but it's just like, okay, reproduction um, is not a priority right now. So I'm going to just, you know, um, not focus on good quality eggs anymore, or, you know, focus on, uh, you know, a different hormonal balance or whatever it may be. Uh, age definitely plays a factor, but that's okay. You know, you can see if, if you're not a menopause, you can still get pregnant. You just have to be proactive about prioritizing your body again. Cause it is, it's, it's naturally shifting its priorities when we do reach a certain age. So, but I don't want people to think like, Oh, I'm 38 and tried to conceive for the first time. Um, that's totally okay. You know, like your life has brought you to try to conceive at 38 and don't be ashamed by that. Um, you just have to be proactive on getting your body ready because naturally it's, um, just scientifically not going to prioritize it. So we just kind of have to do it manually at that point, which is fine. What does manual mean? What does that look like? Tell me you're 38 years old and you want to get pregnant for the first time. What's the first thing you're telling somebody? Honestly, you should look at what your period is doing, um, what it's telling you. Is it regular? How heavy are you bleeding? How long is it lasting? Are you pms Like, are your periods making shifts since it was 10 years ago? You know, like, um, have your periods changed? Are there any other barriers? Like, um, I don't know, like, uh, what is your work doing to your lifestyle at 38 years old? Um, what is your diet Um um, at 38 years old, you know, like you definitely need to be proactive in, um, getting your, um, the quality of your eggs, uh, up because, uh, naturally your body's going to deprioritize the quality. And when I say deprioritize, we make a lot of natural, we have a lot of natural antioxidants, like as humans, like we make a lot of it ourselves. Um, but as we age, the production of that goes down. So we kind of have to kind of look towards more, anti-inflammatory foods or supplements to kind of help with, um, the quality of our eggs because our body's just naturally not producing that, um, those fighting mechanisms as it was when we were 20 years old. So there's things like that, that, um, are a huge consideration when you're aging and trying to conceive because like, there's a lot of natural productions that are, are going down and they're going down because our body's just getting ready to get older. So <laughs> it's just not, um, doing what it once used to do. And we have to be proactive about it by looking at the supplement side of it, or looking at the diet side of it, or looking at the lifestyle side of it to have our body continue to feel like it can carry a baby. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. tell, tell me about a scenario where somebody perhaps thinks that they're done having kids and they have like something like an IUD. They decide that they want to try to produce how much does an IUD actually play a factor in somebody's fertility journey? Yeah. I mean, any form of birth control definitely does, um, you know, cause it's completely synthetic and it's, um, it's causing a halt to our ovulation. So yes, it definitely will play a factor. And if you, you know, are using a form of birth control and then you decide like, you know what, I am not done, or let's just say something changes in your life. Like you end up getting remarried and that was completely unexpected. And you decide to have a baby with your new husband or your new spouse. Um, definitely plays a factor. And again, that's okay. We just kind of have to um, take the steps to get your body um, geared to have a baby. Like, you know, there's so many steps involved to having a baby, which I don't think a lot of people realize. Like, it's not just like 
have sex during your ovulation and then sperm swims to the egg, fertilizes it, and it develops into a baby. Like, um, you know, the sperm may be too slow or maybe it does fertilize the egg and then the egg dies. It doesn't actually activate into an embryo, you know, like, is it developing? Is the developing part an issue or is it, um, is this uh, motility of the sperm an issue? Is it the activation that's an issue? Is it the implantation that's an issue? Is it just um, like the uh, growth in the first trimester the issue? There's a lot of steps involved to like pregnancy progression. You know what I mean? So um, you got to look at the whole picture, not just, uh, you know, oh, I just have sex during ovulation and it's not happening. And I don't know why, like, we got to look at why that's not happening when you're timing it very well. And first of all, are you timing it well? So interesting. So many factors, mm. people who don't I really understand the breadth and depth of what's involved. And you talked about diet. You talked a little bit about lifestyle. You talked about the role, I guess, sperm plays in this also. If yes. you are, um, do you want to talk about that a little bit more about the sperm piece? Yeah. You know, um, 50% of the DNA is from, you know, the male side of things. So, you know, um, the sperm piece is a big part of the conception journey and, you know, it's good to kind of get ahead of it. Like you can wait the 12 months and then get a sperm analysis if you've been trying for a year and it's been unsuccessful, or you can get ahead of the game and get a sperm analysis anytime. You don't have to wait for a fertility doctor. You can request that from your family physician. Um, but you know, the thing about sperm is, you know, it regenerates every 90 to hundred days. So let's just say there was a motility issue or a sperm count issue or something um, causing delays from the male side of it. And according to the latest research, uh, male infertility or a couple's infertility, I think 40 to 50% is a male factor. If, if that couple is determined to be infertile, 45% of that infertile category is a male factor. So, but you think like sperm can regenerate in 90 to hundred days. So we can work on, uh, speeding up the motility. We can work on increasing the count. We can work on the morphology through different changes in your life, whether it's supplementally, um, nutritionally, or through lifestyle changes, like that can happen. So the male side of things is definitely a big factor. You know, a lot of the time, unfortunately, it's, um, not necessarily the case, but it definitely is something to consider for sure. Like, don't just, I don't want women to feel like, um, I can't get pregnant because of me. It could be a joint issue, you know? I think that's interesting. I didn't know that you could get your sperm mobility um, looked at as just like a yeah. So oh, totally, yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. Your GP is crazy. I know it's very it's and it's it's great. You know, like if you if that's you know been serving as a barrier, the sperm swimming too slow, and we can work on getting it to swim a little faster. You know, that's that's amazing. You know, and it's the same with our hormones. Like if our um, hormones were like, we're serving as a barrier to our conception journey, we can work at balancing them and making them more hospitable for an embryo to develop, you know? So it's the same thing for women. It's just a little bit more complex because obviously we've got a lot more at play in our reproductive health system as opposed right. to what men have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> God, Sasha. I mean, I couldn't imagine really, like if I were going to go through this process again, just as a, an yeah. example, yeah, how much stress this would bring upon somebody in their life. Yeah, how yeah. Much time and energy and thought would have to go toward 
um, conditioning oneself, changing lifestyle, managing mm-hmm. relationships, managing expectations, managing spousal, managing your own, mm-hmm. like, or even loss or mourning the loss of whatever life you think you were planning for yourself going through this process. Tell me about that, like the psychological piece that you see with your clients. Oh my gosh. It's, it's tough. It's very difficult. Um, you know, it's, there's so much involved when you're trying to learn about how to get, um, your body ready for conceiving a baby. Um, and there's a lot of stress involved in that in and of itself, but the way I approach it, because I don't want clients to work with me and of course feel more stressed in their journey. Um, I want to be seen as their biggest cheerleader. You know what I mean? Cause you may not get that support from your doctor. You may not get it from your mother. You may not get it from your best friend. You, you know, I want to be your biggest cheerleader in this effort. So if, um, if the journey to conceiving is too stressful for you, I'm going to, I'm going to find a way to make it less stressful for you. So I kind of have to also get to know my client's personality a bit <laughs> just so I can, uh, you know, work with that, but it's a, a big psychological, uh, ride for sure. Um, just because, um, and and that's not always the case. Some people like genuinely, but like, this is such cool information. Thank you so much. But sometimes I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I didn't realize how much is involved here and how proactive I need to be, but you know what? That's okay. Like, I really, I really don't want, um, uh, you know, I want, if I'm working with someone, I want it to be as enjoyable as possible. You know, I don't want it to be, uh, a, a, another stress factor for them. Yeah. I, I can't imagine. And if you're not already following Sasha on Instagram, you have to give her a follow just cause like she serves up daily little tidbits of amazing content. I was just scrolling back through your feed and I always learn something, Sasha, like you always give so much value. So good. For Thank you. You, you know, my it. inspiration, my inspiration behind my posts are things that I wish I knew when I was, cause um, this is stuff I didn't know. I, you know, I learned this in school. So I, uh, I always, it's my inspiration. It's like, this is something, if I were trying to conceive, I would really want to know this. And that's my inspiration behind all my posts. Yeah. I love that. Tell me a bit about, um, you know, you, you do, and I'm reading just your bio here. It's about getting pregnant and staying pregnant. Tell me about the staying yeah. piece of that. Cause that's always a hard one. Yes. Um, achieving a pregnancy is, a completely separate category than sustaining a pregnancy. Um, A lot of people can achieve a pregnancy easily, but they may have issues sustaining a pregnancy um, for whatever reason. You know, sustaining a pregnancy can be related to a lot of things, whether it's, um, you know, a chromosomal issue, which is completely out of our control, or whether it's a hormonal issue, or, you know, if there's a medical diagnosis um, that's causing you to have lower chances of sustaining your pregnancy. There's so many things involved in sustaining it. But again, we, um, I like to put that in my bio because I want to help you get pregnant, but I really want to help you to stay pregnant as well. And um, the way I do that is by taking a root approach, by doing a full assessment on um, and providing a functional lens on your journey so that I can really understand, um, uh, you know, because I've worked with many clients who achieved a pregnancy easily, but they just couldn't get past six weeks or, you know, whatever it was. And I'm like, okay, let's figure that out. And I don't always have the answer, like I told you, but we have to um, work with what we've got. And, uh, and I also recommend beyond my expertise, like if I feel like you need to get more blood work done, I'll 
request them to talk to their doctor if I feel like they need to see another fertility professional um, in addition to me, like a naturopath or acupuncturist or herbalist or Chinese medicine practitioner or something, I will recommend that um, because sometimes it does take a team to help you achieve success. Like just like it takes a village to raise a child, it takes a village sometimes to get pregnant too. And that's totally okay. And I am I'm more than happy to recommend outside of my, uh, my expertise if I feel like a, a couple needs more than just myself. God, Sasha, I can't even imagine like the, what you, what you hold for people. It's, you know what? Um, some people tell me, like, they ask me to like, is your job stressful? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> it definitely, it's like, um, I want to say positive stress, just like raising kids is stressful, you know, but it's, they call it positive stress because it's a rewarding job to have. And being a fertility expert is very rewarding because when you have those clients get a positive pregnancy test or, you know, give birth to their baby that you help them achieve, it's, there is such reward to that, but it's, um, there's a lot of stress involved. Like sometimes I truly am like, you know, knocking myself in the head over and over to just kind of like, why isn't this happening for them? Like, and it's not clear as day. And I am just like up all night thinking about this particular client and their file and what other protocols can I implement? And I do not, um, you know, always have the best success. No one does. Uh, so yeah, there's some stress involved, but I wouldn't change it for anything. You know, it's one of the most rewarding things I've ever done. I'm going to say like, and how lucky are you to be in that role too, right? Like to, yeah. I, think about, I think about so much how much we're involved in women's journeys and like where they find with us, but I couldn't imagine like stumbling upon your page or you becoming somebody who be is the coach of this piece of somebody's life that's just so vulnerable mm-hmm. and put so much emphasis and onus on women and yeah. You know, this idea of like somehow you're responsible or you're uh, not normal or that you're at fault or something, but being able to really reposition those conversations to be mm-hmm. you know, powerful and to and help guide them. So what happens, yep. Asha, and I'm just going to take us to the other side. Of, what happens when you get to a point where you're just, I can't help this person? What What's yeah. the next step for them? Where, where would they go if you're like, I just have done every, as you say, that client you've kept yep. up you know, keeping you awake at night and you've used every tool in your toolbox. Like what's next for mm-hmm. someone who really is, is, as you say, bashing their head against the wall. They've done everything possible with sort yeah. of you know, homeopathy medicine and, you know, the tools available to them. Like when's the breaking point when they maybe look at alternative options? I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm straightforward. I'm like, look, we've done, um, you know, my program, it does eventually expire, right? Unless they do continue to use me indefinitely but uh you know i'm just completely honest i'm like we've done everything we can from a hormonal perspective from a uh, egg quality perspective from a sperm health perspective from like all the perspectives that i can control and i'm like um it may be wise and i only recommend this to people that um most 90% of the time the people that um don't work with me past my program see success within a few months after we work together, you know? Um, so I only feel that way with a very small percentage of the people I work with, because I don't come across those cases very often. And, um, you know, I'll just be honest. I'm like, you may want to consider seeing this specialist or that specialist. So this is what I recommend. And, 
Um, and sort of that, that I, I never, ever think my program was a waste of their time because I wouldn't take on a client if I felt that way, if I feel like my program's not beneficial, I'm not, I'm going to be honest and say like, I don't think my services are beneficial for you. Maybe seek out so-and-so. Um, my program is always helpful, but if, if it's more complex than I, I initially thought, then I just recommend the next specialist and uh, wish them the best. I always check in just to make sure that, that you know, they're still okay, but that's a very small percentage of people because um, there's a screening process before I take on a client. Like I, I do have to make sure I can serve the people that I work with. So that would be a very rare case. Yeah. Understandable. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm somebody who's always advocating for the rights of women's um, body health and people's ability to have a win-win situation. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. so people can get to know you. Sasha, if you, yeah. we're just going to take it home now. If, if there's something you could hear, you want people to hear, if they hear nothing else, what do you want them to know? I want, I want you to know, um, that's such a great question. Like, what's the one thing I want anyone to know who's trying to conceive? Um, I want you to know that if you want to be, you know, a mother or a parent, whoever's listening to this, um, you can be, you can be that parent, you know, you just, uh, it may not be tomorrow. It may not be next year but it will happen for you if you really want it. You know what I mean? And when I say that, it doesn't, it may not be, um, you know, through the typical, uh, 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 the typical way of a sperm meeting um, an egg and then developing a baby. Like maybe that's through another route, whether it's adoption or whatever it may be, but um, you know, you're, you're destined to, um, you're destined for this if it's what you want. Uh, and I will be your biggest cheerleader no matter which path you take. I think that's the one thing. Cause I think the biggest thing is people, um, they start to feel weak. They start to give up. They start to feel hopeless. And if, if I can just give you some hope, then like, you know, that's great you know, cause I don't want people to feel like this is just, you know what, it's not meant for me. And I've just, I've, I've come to peace with that. I don't want, I really don't want a couple to feel that way. If it's, if, if it's meant to be, it will be, you know? I love that so much. Sasha, mm-hmm. if people want to find you, what's the best place where you're at? I mean, I was told people about Instagram, but where else would people find you? So Instagram is where I'm most active at Welsh underscore wellness. Um, you can also find me on TikTok at Sasha Welsh wellness, where I have a little bit more fun with my content. <laughs> and um, my website is welshwellness.com. Um, and yeah, those are probably the best places you can find me. And uh, you know, you can find my email through any one of those channels and YouTube. Um, I have a, a fairly large library on some, uh, some helpful videos during your conceiving journey that you can look back onto and you can find me on YouTube at Welsh wellness as well. I appreciate you Sasha so much guys, please go give Sasha a follow on the gram right now. She screams content and it's so, so good. Um, Sasha, thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Always. A pleasure. Bye. Thanks everybody. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Mom Halo podcast, I'd love your support by sharing it with others, posting about us on social, or leaving a really good rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at the Mom Halo. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time. 
Sick Kids is helping redefine what's possible in pediatrics. Also, children can lead healthier, happier lives. In 2021, Project Halo raised over $150,000 to help build a new Sick Kids, designed to better serve patients and families. This will include spaces devoted to parents and caregivers, spaces to feel calm, relief, and rest. We are calling on our community again this year to join us in helping build a state-of-the-art hospital. Together, there are no limits to what we can achieve. To learn more and to donate, go to fundraise.sickkidsfoundation.com backslash Project Mom Halo. Thank you for your generosity and support.